This is Inside Out, a podcast for event professionals where transparency is king. We're turning event professionals' businesses inside out, one interview at a time. As I always like to say, let's do this. Hello, I am so glad you are here. Welcome to Plan Well Inside Out. If you are not familiar with my podcast, I interview wedding vendors every week and talk to them about their businesses. I ask them questions like, how did you get started? What were your biggest challenges? When did you know you'd quote unquote made it? What would you tell other people trying to grow their business? And my most favorite question of all, what can other wedding vendors do to work better with you or people in your same vendor category on the wedding day? I love to know how we can make the experience as a whole better for our clients from start to finish. And maybe that's the planner in me seeing the big picture, but I really think there's a lot of room for improvement on how we work together as vendor teams for a client's wedding day and honestly, all the way leading up to it. So this episode, I want to focus on transparency. If you know anything about me, you know, this is one of my favorite words when it comes to business. I really sometimes to a fault believe in being very transparent with my business. To this day, it has not backfired on me, knock on wood. It has only helped my business thrive. So if you don't know anything about me, I'm Adriel. I own a wedding planning company with offices in Nashville and Savannah. I love working in two cities and getting to meet all these different clients and growing this really amazing team of planners that work with me. But we also get this really great opportunity to work with loads and loads of amazing vendors and everybody does things differently. And that's really what led me to this point of starting this podcast and ultimately starting Plan Well, my website. So, and really our website as a wedding industry. So the goal when I started Plan Well, and I don't want to plug the website because I truly want to talk about transparency, but if you're like, what is this website? It's plan with two N's, well.com. So P-L-A-N-N-W-E-L-L.com. If you just can't move forward without knowing what I'm talking about, was built around the idea of sharing more information between wedding vendors in the name of making all of our jobs easier and making the experience for clients smoother. That's my big goal. I didn't start the website to like make a lot of money. It's not making any money. It's free right now. But I created it because I really wanted to find a space that was just for us in the wedding industry that was kind of or is untouchable by clients and like a safe space where we could streamline our processes together. So in order to do that, I really had to start digging into what transparency meant and how to shift people's mindsets to be more transparent with their businesses, more willing to work and collaborate with others. I think we'd all love to say that we're open-minded, we collaborate, community over competition, but I can't tell you how many networking events I've stood in and heard other vendors saying like, oh, well, she does hair and makeup and, oh, like, mm, you know, and oh, she's overpriced or she doesn't charge enough or, you know, it's like, I just feel like we can, we can loosen the reins a little on that. And the best way to do that is to find a place where we could all do that. So let's kind of start with why do we feel the need to be tight-lipped about our pricing, our availability, our services? And I say 
we, I mean, wedding vendors in general, um, wedding planners are a tiny bit different. Um, clients usually come to us first in the process, if not their venue, and then quickly after us. And so our availability calendars are maybe not quite as important as all the other vendors who we will be booking for our clients. And just about every wedding vendor website includes what their homepage about us, maybe an inventory if they have items, maybe something about their processes, um, maybe like some package breakdowns, and then some little like book now or contact me buttons. Um, and that's really about it and a contact page. So what we get from that for that website is the exact same amount of information that a client would get. As a wedding planner, that doesn't help me very much. If I'm on your website, I already like your work. You're not selling me on how great your photos are. I'm there because my client already said they love your work or they love your hair and makeup, you know, work or the food you serve. I'm there because I need more information. Like I need to know when you're available and how much you cost. And are you even within budget before I start sending you to my client? Because as a planner, the worst thing is sending a client a recommendation for a vendor that's either not available or is out of budget. So somehow along the way, we have felt, not everybody, so if this isn't you, that's okay, but a lot of people feel that if we're transparent with our availability calendars or our pricing with other vendors, they can somehow use that to their advantage. And I'm going to, I know pricing for sure is a different beast than availability calendar. And when I talked to wedding vendors of all categories, when I was making plan well, I really, what I was hearing time and time again is, well, I don't mind sharing my availability calendar with vendors. What I don't want is clients to have it. Absolutely. We'll address that towards the end of this episode. But the other sticking point was pricing. And that's another piece we're going to talk about as we go through this episode. But Maybe it just came down to us not having a place to share this information. So maybe it's a question you ask yourself. If I had a place that I could post my availability calendar, or as a planner, if I had a place where I could see all the vendors' availability calendars at once, that'd be pretty amazing, right? So then it's just a matter of getting these vendors to actually put their availability calendars where they feel safe that other vendors can see them, which is a mindset shift because we need to understand why it's okay to share that information. So the reality is, and if you're not on Clubhouse, I highly recommend you check out some wedding groups or clubs, whatever they're calling them on Clubhouse. There's so much good information in there. And some of the very top wedding experts are in there just spilling their guts about everything they know. It's, it's invaluable information that you would pay hundreds of hundreds of dollars sometimes thousands for tickets to hear them speak, you can hear for free in Clubhouse. So I encourage you to go over there and, and jump in some of those rooms and just kind of feel it out and find some, some places that are a good fit for you. But I was listening to a Clubhouse chat not too long ago, and one of the wedding experts in there said that competition can access information about you anytime they really want it. Now, it's going to require a lot of effort. They have to come up with a fake name, send a fake inquiry, push around and poke around for dates and things like that, but they can get that information. It's, it's not that top secret. It's as top secret as it's not on your website, but if I send you a, a form, a submit on your contact form, you're going to respond with your pricing PDF. So I don't have to work that hard to get it. So why not just make it available? Save everybody the time. You wouldn't even have to respond to that email, right? So speaking of competition, 
think of this. Is competition a real thing? Does it really exist when we're service-based providers or really everyone in the wedding industry is service-based? It's just a matter of, are you service-based solely? Are you service-based providing also products? So how many times do we hear like, you are uniquely you, nobody can do what you do. And you probably a little bit roll your eyes at that. Or some of you are like, heck yeah, that's the truth. It is the truth though. When people buy in to hiring you, I can tell you from a wedding planner perspective, and I think all my wedding planner friends would agree, sometimes they're just buying in because they think you're cool. They loved their conversation with you. They can imagine you hanging out with them on their wedding day, right? Especially with photographers and hair and makeup teams. So competition is one of those things that it's kind of only what you make it, in my opinion. Opinion, right? Think about restaurants. How many, I mean, gas stations. If competition was really that intense out in any industry, we wouldn't have gas stations on every corner making a hand over fist money. We wouldn't have 500 types of bread to choose from in the bread aisle. There's always a million examples, right? That we could rattle off where there's a bunch of options for people because one brand of bread is not going to please everybody. We have to have lots and lots and lots and lots of brands of bread to please all the people. And we're even more refined than that. So we need even more options when it comes to, because bread doesn't have a personality. So there are clients who are out there looking for somebody just like you. They really don't care about a lot of the other things. If I could think back on all the consultations I've done over the years, and I don't know that there's ever been a time that I've gotten off the phone with a potential client and they've emailed me after and said, we really love that you make it your Google timeline or your timelines and Google docs. Cause we love docs and we're just really pleased that you're going to make a layout for us. They never say that. They always say like, we loved our conversation with you. We think you're so much fun or we think your personality is such a great fit for us. And we, we would love to spend the next year talking to you multiple times a week. I mean, that's a big commitment. So they're buying into hiring me, not necessarily what was on that bullet pointed list. I sent them when they emailed me. So when, as a planner, that trickles down when I start looking for vendors, right? And if you're a planner, you see this and maybe haven't even recognized it, but I found that when I'm referring clients to vendors, personality is one of the first things I'm looking for, honestly. It's one of the first things I want to make sure that there's a photographer in the room with that bride that she loves hanging out with, who can just blend right in with her girlfriends, whatever personality type that might be. So what about the phrase rising tides lift all boats, right? What does that even really mean? And is it even true or does it just sound cool? Because in theory, it sounds really great. So if you know planners pricing, or if I know vendors pricing, what can I do with that information? If I had access to it, what could I do with that? So let's use planner pricing and the theory of competition as our example. I don't know what a lot of planners charge because I don't have a lot of access to that. And honestly, my time is, in my opinion, so valuable that I don't even have time to send out fake inquiries to worry about what you're charging. But if I had that information, is it possible I could use it against you as your quote unquote competition? So one thing I could do is I could use having other vendors pricing 
other planners in my case, but photographers, this can apply to anyone. If I had my competition's pricing, the first thing I could use it for is to better price myself. So don't we all hate when somebody undervalues their work and it pulls us all down, right? If, if I'm sending out pricing and a client emails another planner and gets pricing $5,000 cheaper, it makes it seem like my, my services are not worth what I'm asking for when I know that they are, but the client can't see that in one quick email. So finding out that someone else has higher prices than you literally, not figuratively, literally lifts you up because it will force you to think about raising your prices. Listen, if I get pricing from another planner in my area, for whatever reason, over coffee, they tell me, I email them and ask them, I ask them at a networking event. If for some reason I stumble upon the pricing of another planner and I find out that it's a lot higher than me, first, I'm a little embarrassed because I need to get my act together. But second, I immediately go home. First, I vent to my husband because I feel like I could have been making more money all along and charging more for my services. But the next thing I do is raise my prices, which is probably the exact opposite of what we think people would do with that information, right? But I would encourage you, if people around you are charging more, you should be charging more. So it literally forces me to lift up my business and meet those people. Those people that told me their pricing, they're not gonna lower their price. If I stood there and told them I was less, they would be like, hmm, that's unfortunate. <laughs> They're not going to change their pricing. It doesn't affect them that I know what their pricing is. It actually forces me to rise to the occasion. The second thing I could do with that information, if I knew my competitions, I'm going to use the word competition, even though I don't like to. If I knew my competition's pricing, the second thing I could do is I could come in and I could price myself slightly below them and try to undercut them just a little bit. It's all of our biggest fears, right? Would it shock you to know that clients see and perceive value in higher pricing? You guys, one of the best lessons I learned when I started my business was to not underprice myself. And the easiest thing to do is to put a price tag on your packages and be like, okay, I can get this. And then a couple people book and you're like, okay, my pricing's really good. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, you should raise your pricing, like double it. And we all panic, right? We're like, what? I can't do that. I can't, I can't double my, are you kidding me? Like, I'm just chugging along booking clients. Why would I jack my prices up? Because if your prices go up, the perceived value of the service you're offering also goes up. The quality of client that you attract also goes up. You also don't have to book as many events. So if I send, if a bride sends out an inquiry to two different planners and they come back with an email, pretty similar emails, and one's pricing is a little bit higher, most people are going to respond to both and probably naturally be drawn to the one a little more expensive. Now, if it's a budget constraint, let's say the bride has $10,000 for a planner, just a round number. If she gets an email back for $12,000 and an email back for $9,500 quotes, if she literally only has $10,000, it doesn't matter that the second planner came in and undercut the first one with the higher price tag because that bride can't afford the higher price tag anyways. So it's not even that first planner's client to begin with. So again, no real negative on seeing the pricing. If you're priced lower 
or even in a dead even race with your quote unquote competition, you may push them out and get the contract, maybe every once in a while. But most people will see a slightly higher price and in their minds will somehow justify the higher value and go with the one that they perceive at a higher value. It's the same reason people buy high-end purses, right? I would venture to guess most of us know very little about textiles and leather and building purses, sewing purses, whatever the right term is. Most of us know very little, but we perceive high-end purses to be of higher value, even though they're just leather sewn together because those companies have branded themselves and positioned themselves and priced themselves to push the market to perceive them at a higher value. It's no different than with your services. So what's the third thing that I could do if I knew the pricing of my competition? And I was transparent with mine, but transparency from my competition. I would also be able to hold myself accountable. So we work in an industry that is all about being social and building these beautiful experiences and social events, but we work alone. That is the biggest conundrum of all time. We work in isolation, a lot of us at a laptop at home, to go out and create social events for strangers. So when you work alone, it's difficult to find the lighthouse through the fog to guide you on what direction you need to go. So I am a firm believer that to a certain extent, sometimes we need to put blinders on, but I think that gets misconstrued because your blinders should be the comparison game on Instagram. Your blinders should be worrying about other people's portfolios. That's where you need blinders. You need to have your head up when it comes to pricing your services, serving your clients. You need to know what the people around you are doing because I hate to tell you, you can get left behind very quickly in this industry. Listen, if you are in your 30s and 40s, you got to jump on things like TikTok because there are people behind you doing this job that are on TikTok finding those clients who thrive in the social media space. Now, some of you may be saying, that's not my client, but listen, there are people of all ages now on things like TikTok and Instagram Reels, and people love that connection. So those are places maybe blinders aren't so great. But when you sit at home and you're trying to find your own way and make your own rules and you don't pick your head up to go to networking events to see what's happening in your area or in your industry, you're not part of Facebook groups, reading the comments, you know, it's one thing to be a part of some of these Facebook groups, but go through and read what people are saying. That's a good use of your time on social media. And as far as I'm concerned, you're working if you're doing that. If you're going through and you're reading what people are saying about COVID, about the winter storms, how they're handling it, it might feel like, I don't really need that information. It doesn't snow where I am. But listen, I'm with you. I live in Savannah. It doesn't snow here, but we get hurricanes. And you better believe I was reading what these other planners were doing in this extreme situation with weather, because I wanted that to be my guiding light and my lighthouse when I get faced with hurricanes, right? So when we see the pricing of other planners or when we're trying to encourage other vendors to be transparent with their pricing, it's important to remember that that's a way to hold all of us accountable and you got to give and take. So you got to be willing to share what you have to be able to see what other people have. You can't just take and take, right? 
Um, I don't know about you, but I always want to know how my company is is performing compared to others in my area. And I would say that if any business owner tells you that they don't want to know how they compare to other people in their industry or area, I would say they might be lying. That's harsh, but it's the truth. As business owners, we are achievers. We are, to a certain extent, competitive. We are go-getters. We want to know what we need to be doing to be successful, most of us, at all times. So in order to run a successful business, I want to know what other people are doing. And there's no harm in them telling me, hold me accountable. Tell me you crushed it this year and your calendar's booked out. I'm just going to rise to the occasion, right? I want to say to that, though, I don't need to know how much money other people are making. And I want to caution you. I do think that that is a place that you need to put blinders on. I think we easily forget that everybody's circumstance is different. And income is not a healthy way. Income comparison is not a healthy way to grow your, your business. So what are the benefits of being transparent with our peers? Aside, you know, I told you how I could be and you could put yourself in my shoes, how I could be just with um, other people in your vendor category. But what would be the benefit of being transparent specifically with your availability calendar? So we talked about pricing, but your availability calendar. So one thing with this is when you're being transparent with your availability calendar, one, your network is everything in this industry. What other vendors say about you is literally make or break for your business. You cannot survive in this industry if no one knows your name or if others in the industry don't like you, period. I said it. And you may not agree with it, but just hear me out. You can build a very successful company from your network. You don't have to get Facebook ads. You don't have to go crazy with Instagram ads. You don't have to get a bunch of online marketing tools and advertise in every magazine. You don't have to do any of that. That's probably one of my favorite parts about this industry. If you build a solid network, it will literally carry your business for years. On the flip side, if you don't invest in that, it can be your, it will be your downfall, in my opinion. It just takes a few vendors to start talking bad about you and it spreads like wildfire. So with that networking comes referrals. Referrals are literal gold to wedding vendors. Planners, I think we forget how much power our words have with our clients when we're making referrals. So referrals from planners, referrals from other vendors. Vendors, if you're listening to this and you're not a planner, referrals from us to you or you to us are the absolute best way to get business. So the very essence of being a wedding planner is getting pay paid to tell our clients what the best fit is for them. We do a lot of things, right? Timelines and layouts and design boards and all this stuff. But really when clients come to us, they're like, I need somebody there for the day of, and I need somebody to help me with booking all these vendors. That's what they're looking for. That's the problem they want to solve. So we're getting paid to tell them who's good for them. If they get a recommended vendor list from us, I would say 90% of the time they're working straight off that list. They might venture a little bit on a few things, but for the most part, that is their guiding light to the promised land of their wedding day. 
So countless times I have referred a vendor to a client. I can think of one specifically, no website, no social media, doesn't have a company name. It's literally just his name, his, his name in a Gmail account. One of the most talented, amazing DJs I've ever worked with, but no online presence. So when I pitch him to clients, I'm like, um, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. He's pretty awesome. And can I just tell you how many times clients book with him with nothing to go off of? <laughs> like, it's incredible. I mean, it makes me so happy, but truly I can send or my company can send this one particular vendor 10, 15 weddings a year solely off of our word and no other proof that he's actually even a living human until they actually get like an email from him with a contract. So that just shows you how powerful those referrals are. And if we can make very well-informed referrals, which is where plan well comes in, then we have even more leverage to get good vendors in front of our clients and also to help our vendor friends book their calendars. So everybody's winning in that situation. So the second benefit of being transparent with availability calendars is that vendors can share your name with clients for dates that you're actually available. That's the kicker, that you're actually available. There's the only thing worse than getting an email for a date you're already booked is getting an email for a date that you're already booked without having a solid response. One of my least favorite emails to send is when I get an inquiry, I triple check my calendar. Then I check it again just to be sure I'm absolutely booked for that date. And then I wonder like, how can I get around this? Like, should I just go hire another planner? Cause I really want to book this client. And then I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to tell them. I'm sorry. I'm booked. Best wishes. I hate that email. And I think maybe because I'm just built to be a helper and I want to at least give them something. And if they're going to go back out into the world from my inbox and look for a wedding planner, I at least want to send them towards my friends towards the vendors that I love and trust and know, right? And that's a favor that I would hope that they would return to me. So knowing what my vendor friends have available is really important. And so, and you're probably like, okay, okay. Like we need to know their availability. Why are you telling me this? Because I'm telling you because I want you to take this out into the world and to have this mindset of transparency and encourage your vendor friends to do the same. So when we're faced with sending these emails, right? The third thing is time is money. Even if you hate that phrase, it's true. Your time is money. And when you're a service-based vendor, your time is everything. It's your currency in your business. So you have to accept that. And you have to know that you can't afford to waste time feeling emails for dates you're not available, for dead-end jobs that you're not going to book right? How annoying is that? Especially I can imagine, we don't get that a lot as planners. We kind of feel the inquiry, it is what it is and they move on. But as vendors, it's like, I know vendors are getting emails from planners. I'm emailing five photographers. My client's only booking one. So there's four others who waste their time responding to my emails. And I know that's the cost of doing business, but I think we can do business in a more efficient way. So it doesn't, you know, a lot of vendors will say, well, why do I need to share with clients or I'm sorry, with vendors, my availability calendar? Like I'll just respond and say, sorry, I'm not available. Listen, if I email a vendor as a planner and I get, sorry, I'm not available three or four clients in a row, I'm kind of done if I'm being honest, because I'm just kind of like, I think you're pretty booked up. Let's move on to somebody who maybe isn't as booked up. 
and a really great vendor falls to the wayside because our timing just didn't sync up. And what if they don't, what if their calendar isn't even near full, but I just happened to ask about three dates they actually had booked. I mean, that's so unfortunate. So the chain of events is, is something like this, right? Planners looking for a photographer, the planner blasts out, let's say five emails to photographers checking availability, chicken and egg situation. I know my planner friends are going to be nodding their head. Yes. Do I recommend five photographers to my client, let them pick their favorite and then go check the availability? But then I run the risk of my client falling in love with one of their portfolios only to find out I recommended somebody who's not available. That's embarrassing and feels very defeating. So the photographers, all five of them get my email and then they have to respond. So now let's say I send it on an email. Now I'm waiting and waiting because some respond within three hours and some don't for three days. Sometimes it's my client's very favorite that takes three days to respond. So we're looking at Friday, Thursday, before I can even start to put an email together for my client saying, here's who's available, here's who's not. And let me just really break your heart and let you know that your top two choices are not available. On the flip side, as a planner, the other way that that can go in this chicken and the egg situation is I can handpick five photographers I think they're going to like. I email all five. I check their availability. Three are available. I've got to email two more, find two more that are available. Now I've got five that are available who have all invested time in emailing me pricing and PDFs and checking their calendars. And then I take those five back to my client. And during that time, maybe my client found two on Instagram they like, so I've got to check their availability. So now we've got seven and they're only going to pick one. And those six other photographers have wasted so much time. And I have wasted so much time emailing all these people who were never really going to be the fit anyways. And then I know from a vendor side of things, vendor friends, tell me if this is true. You get an email for a date from a planner and you're like, yes, it's a planner. That's a solid lead. I'm available. Check. They like my portfolio or they wouldn't have emailed me. Check. So you've done all the things and then you never hear from the planner again. And as planners, like, how could we possibly follow up with every single option we've ever sent our clients? We would be exhausted. So that situation in itself is a reason for more transparency with our availability calendars. So then I get the next piece of this puzzle. So, but what about people, right? When I've told people about plan wealth, they're like, but what about this? Or what about that? They're the ones who have to think a worst case scenario. And that's fine. I can appreciate that. So here's some common arguments I get against being more transparent with your business, whether that's on plan well, sharing your pricing and availability calendar with fellow vendors or not. What if, but what about if I don't want other vendors to know what dates I have available? Like, for example, what if I'm a photographer and I don't want other photographers to know what dates I have available? My question for that is, for what reason? They cannot use that information for anything at all, literally nothing at all. It does them no good. I can almost promise you that if you have your availability calendar on your website, no competition vendor, someone who's in competition with you, has gone to check your availability calendar. You having a date available means literally nothing to their business. They're not going to post on social media and say, looking for an October 10th wedding photographer, I have it available. And so-and-so doesn't, I check their calendar. That's not a thing that would never happen. And if somebody's doing that, they're not going to be in business very long. 
So the other, but what about is I don't want to share my availability calendar, my pricing with the competition for all my clients to see for everybody who comes to my website. I don't want them to see it. 100% agree. 100% totally understand this, this take on it. I agree that for most of us, clients should not be viewing your availability calendar. And here's why clients come into it, especially if they don't have a planner, kind of just flying by the seat of their pants. And as a planner, we know that dates change a lot in the planning process. I've had clients who've had a date set contract in hand, and they've changed cities. They've changed years. They've changed months. All while we're holding the contract for the original venue with the original date. So clients do that without the guidance of a planner. They look at your calendar and they're like, okay, I really wanted December 18th and she doesn't have it. So she's out and they mark you off the list. He's out, mark you off the list. And then something happens and their mom's like, Hey, I really don't want you to get married in December. Let's look at the spring. They move to the spring. They've already marked you off the list. They never come back and you lose them. Absolutely. I can see the value in not having your calendar on your website. So I say all this to say, what if just for a little bit, we all considered being more transparent. And this is why I said something about Clubhouse before. If you're not on Clubhouse, what an amazing resource, an amazing resource, podcasts like mine, other planning or wedding professional geared podcasts are such a great free resource for you to go out and get information without having to do it through sending secret inquiries. If you are not figuring out what the people around you are doing, you're not being strategic in your business. And if you're not sharing with the people around you, you're not doing yourself any justice by running a business with blinders on. So I encourage you to find tools and do things and get out there. If you're not on TikTok, you're not on Reels, I'm not going to coach you on that. But there are certainly a lot of resources. If you're not using these things, it's time to jump on board and start doing the things to get yourself out there. A lot of us work from home because we're secretly introverts who do well on a Saturday for 10 hours in a room full of strangers, but we have to like retreat back to our desk on Sunday and like our couch on Sunday and our desk on Monday. And then we're not ready for the world again until Friday when we have to go to a rehearsal or whatever. But you really have to train yourself and we have to train the people around us and um, educate them on the importance of transparency with each other and between vendors. So when you're listening to the Plan Well Inside Out podcast, you're going to hear all these vendors giving interviews with me and they're just doing it in the name of transparency. And it is so eye-opening to hear these people, some of them I've worked with on wedding days multiple times, and I just don't even, it's like ships in the night. And then I got a chance to talk to them that I've known them for years. And I hear like their best business advice is something I never would have thought they would say, but it's so great. I've learned so much just talking to them and they're people I know a lot of them. So I encourage you to really be the person in your industry, in your area, in your market that really pushes other people. In the beginning, I would tell you about plan well. Um, luckily, thankfully, there have been a few wedding experts on Clubhouse talking about plan well, which I'm so grateful for. Um, 
I'm always talking about it on Instagram, plan well, P-L-A-N-N-W-E-L-L on Instagram. But here's what plan well is. And here I, I challenge you to kind of wrap your mind around this all together. I created plan well as a vendor only website for clients or I used to, not clients, not clients. That's the key actually for vendors to create a profile similar to your popular wedding platforms that we might advertise on without saying their name. So you create a profile, you put your images on there, but here's the kicker. You put your pricing PDF on there and you update your availability calendar. Now let's say we have, there's almost 200 something vendors on there. Now let's say we have 50 photographers on there as a planner. I can get on, log in, have to have a profile, have to be a verified professional vendor. No like clients sneaking in, pretending to be vendors. We literally go through and hand verify every single vendor to make sure they're an actual business. So then as a planner, let's say I sit down tomorrow morning and my client's like, Hey, I'm ready to start looking at photographers and they're getting married on December 18th of this year. I can go in search for December 18th photographers and I can pick my city. I can do my city and within a certain radius, especially if you're in a smaller town near big cities. And then I can hit search and my search results are literally going to show me every photographer in that city or area who has that specific date available. You guys, it changes everything when we have this much information. Now, instead of emailing, remember the chicken and egg, now instead of emailing five photographers, my client getting their heart set on one, that one being booked, having to do their second choice, which is never sits well with the client. Now I can literally say to my client, client, here are five already checked their availability. As a planner, it didn't take me a week, it took me two seconds. I know for a fact, as of this morning, they were available. What do you think of these five? Now, those five photographers, they don't even know we're considering them until my client picks one. And then I can go to that one and say, hey, we'd love to talk to you. What that means for those other four that they didn't pick means they get their time back. Because if my client's not going to pick them, why even have them field a bunch of emails? You're not going to convince my client to book you through an email to me with your pricing PDF. It doesn't work that way. So now I've saved myself a week worth of waiting. I've saved my client a week worth of waiting. And I've saved at least four photographers the time of feeling the email, then wondering if I'm actually going to book with them and then feeling super let down because they did all the right things and my client still didn't pick them. It's, it's an absolute no-brainer, you guys. So shameless plug on that. but. I wanted you to understand plan well, because I wanted you to understand the importance of transparency. So I challenge you to go out to some networking events and just be open, be transparent. Don't, don't withhold a bunch of information. It's great to listen and take it all in, but just be willing to be an active part of your wedding community. And if you're standing there saying, this is what it is, this is how I do things. This is what I charge. This is what I believe in you're going to start seeing that people really value that about you. You're going to get more referrals from it. I guarantee it. But they're also going to respect you as a leader in your community, in your industry, in your market. They're going to value your opinions because they know what your thoughts and where you stand on things, right? We respect people a lot when we can understand them or we can, can really like, trying to think of the right word, like where we can really understand their opinions. And we, we respect people for being vocal about how they feel because it gives off this 
vibe of confidence and we're naturally most people attracted to that, right? And you want to be that person. I want you to be that person for your wedding area or market because we need more people like that going out and doing good work. So that is all I have for you. I'm so glad you tuned in this week. Next week, we will get back to our regular scheduled programming of interviewing some amazing wedding vendors about how they've built their business and how you can work better with them in the future. Until next time.